Welcome, welcome all. Episode two. Was this the best World Cup ever? I don't know. But we're also going to talk about and look forward to 2026 as well. What to look for for those of you who don't watch football every single day like we do. So, Targo, what are you drinking today? I am drinking the beautiful Dos Equis. Beautiful. As you know, one of our favorites. The go-to. Me today, I had a rough day, so I'm drinking the Tears of Tottenham fans. Always Welcome to Bruise and Banter. Let's get to it. Also, shout out to our socials. Find us on every social media platform. Bruise and Banter FC Pod. All one word. Feel free to follow, share, subscribe, or comment. Let us know how we're doing. And of course, always five stars on Spotify and give us a listen on Spotify, Amazon. All those places. All your favorite podcasting platforms. Yep. So let's get to it, Targo. What we got today? Best World Cup ever. I mean... 2002 was one for the books, man. It was it was great. Qatar did a, I think, fantastic job hosting. Yes. Um, this was a World Cup, had the most goals out of any World Cup. Can't be mad about having goals. I know that's what everyone's always looking forward to. Yeah, especially, especially us pesky Americans. Yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> so it was also one for the books, because Qatar, first host nation to lose their opening match. And they looked bad. They did. I mean, yes. I I know some people might have thought back in, back in 2010, South Africa. Maybe South Africa didn't stand a chance for winning their opening match, but they they pulled it out. They did. Um, but had this, this had a great World Cup, man. It was a great World Cup. Um, day three, Saudi Arabia beats Argentina. Big upset. Day four. Japan beats Germany. Um, and then you have uh, Morocco, first African team to make it to the semifinal. They weren't in the easiest group with Belgium, uh, Canada, and Croatia. I know yeah, I, I didn't mean, have Morocco getting out of that group. I don't know about you. I didn't either. Um, I mean, I got 93% of my bracket, and they were the upset that ruined the whole thing. So, you know. Uh, but... I mean, group of death, looking back at it. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we had some final last day of the group stage upsets. Brazil losing to Cameroon. Portugal lose to South Korea. Japan beat Spain. Uh, Tunisia beat France. So, I mean, it, it had lots of lots of good upsets. I mean, of course, you see France, Brazil, they start their, you know, secondary squad, so to speak, but. But still, you want to win that game. You like that momentum going into the knockout rounds. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention those teams, their backups are better than the starters of most other countries, quite honestly. Fair enough. That's true. Um, I feel like this World Cup had some pretty great goals. Um, You know, that Richarlison acrobatic goal against Serbia was definitely a fun one. Yes. Um, The goal for Saudi Arabia to beat Argentina was a fantastic goal. Yeah, both of those goals in that game were phenomenal. Um, I know Mexico, that Chavez free kick against Saudi Arabia was pretty spectacular. Um, uh, 
Ramos for Portugal, that, that left-footed strike, that banger he put right up into the top corner near post. That was a fun one. Where the spiders lay their eggs. Yep. Um, and then Neymar, that goal in extra time against Croatia. That was that was a great team goal. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there was definitely some some great goals in this World Cup. But was it the best? You know, I don't know. It's tough to say. There's been a lot of great World Cups. Um, you know, kind of going down back to 2018, World Cup in Russia. There was some fun games in that World Cup as well. That Russia versus Croatia game that ended in 2-2 and went to PKs. That Denis Trzeszev strike in that game was a beaut. Um, France versus Argentina in 2018 ended 4-3. Benjamin Pavard with the goal of the tournament in that game. What a beauty it was, too. I mean, I think Di Maria had another nice one in that one. Um, And then that Belgium-Japan game that ended 3-2. Belgium winning it right there at the end. And then just, you know, Russia and Sweden, two teams no one expected to make it to the quarterfinals, and they did. <laughs> so yeah. credit to host Russia. Um, and I know you and I were talking about some free, some uh, goals from that game, that free kick from Tony Cruz from that angle. Oh, that was a literally the impossible angle. Like, there's no way he's going for the goal in that. And then it ends up top Ben's back post. So that was a view. Um, that Ronaldo free kick against Spain. That was a that was a great game because obviously he was playing his football in Spain at the time and he gets the two goals or I think it was two goals in that game, but this was fun. Um, and I mentioned that Benjamin Pavard goal against Argentina. <clears throat> so I would, I would put 2002 above 2018 though, going off those, those kind of highlights. Um, the 2014 world cup in Brazil, I don't think was better than 2022. Um, it was fun. Obviously, you know, you had the humiliation of Germany beating Brazil 7-1 in their home country. <laughs> um, definitely felt a little bad for them, but... <laughs> but did you? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, another great story from that World Cup was Costa Rica. I remember I had traveled to Costa Rica a little bit before that, so I always hold a little special place in my heart for them. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to see them do good. That's when they had that Joel Campbell and Brian Ruiz. Oh, yeah. Tearing Taylor it up. Navas as well. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, mainly from 2014, I think I remember uh, James Rodriguez really making his mark. Oh, man. One he man burst onto the group. scene in yeah. that World Cup with those goals. So he was definitely fun to watch. And, of course, the I think the the image that everyone knows from that World Cup is that Van Persie header. Yeah, the, the memes that came from that one. Yeah. What a beautiful goal, though. It was. It was a great goal. I, I don't think I've ever seen a goal like that. No. Just that yeah. being header. Um, and then Closa became the top goal scorer in that tournament. It was a very sad moment World Cup for me. All time. Yeah, yeah. very sad scorer. moment for me. Him passing Ronaldo. It was. It was a, it was a little sad. I know we're, we're Ronaldo fans. Yeah, I was so praying it little. wouldn't happen, but credit to Closa at a ripe age of 126. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously, I mean, the final, Goza getting the goal in extra time. That was a, a great moment. Yes. Uh, yes. But like I said, I don't think it was better in 2022. No, I'm right there with you. Um, 2010 World Cup, South Africa. That was a interesting one, you know, first time in Africa. Um, that opening goal. Gonna mm-hmm. butcher his name. Sorry, it was Shabalala. 
I think. Yeah, I, I gets mean, that left footed rocket. That's what the announcer said during that game, and then freaked out afterwards. That that's what I remember most too is the announcer man. He went crazy just when South Africa got that goal. So that was fun. <laughs> um, obviously, there was also the controversy on the ball. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't like the ball it moved in was weird that, ways. That's a Jubilani. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, that it moved too much. Yeah, and then you had some standout performers in that World Cup. Obviously, Diego Forlan comes to mind. Mm-hmm. He would practice with that ball, scored some stellar goals, free kick, I think. Um, I feel like that's when Ozil really burst out onto the scene. Yeah, Mesut Ozil. Um, uh, some of the goals I remember is that Gio Van Bronckhorst goal from the left side from all of, I don't know, 40 yards out. <laughs> um, France did terrible in that World Cup. You know, they had the likes of Henri and Ribéry, mm-hmm. Maluda, and all those great players, and they just yeah, the, didn't make the it out of the group. French walkout. Yep. Um, North Korea made it to that World Cup, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I actually do believe it, and I do remember it, because nobody remembers the players on that team because I never heard from them again. So. I, I remember they um, they said they had paid actors in the stands to watch them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Ghana beat the U.S. That was in a that great game. game. I remember that, that game for that some reason. Obviously, game. that's round of 16. Um, it was a good game. Um, what else happened that World Cup? I think that was the Germany-England, the ghost goal. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the, honestly, the thing from that World Cup I remember isn't even from that World Cup. It's the France handball against Ireland in qualifying playoffs. And the whole hoopla about it, should it be replayed? All the France players apologized, but yet nobody did anything about it. I was wondering, that's a love hate for you thing because you're Irish, but then uh, uh, you 100%. have an Henri jersey right behind you. <laughs> I do. And I was rooting for Henri, but not for him to score that goal. So, yeah, it was hard for me to take wearing my Irish jersey at the time. Maybe one of these podcasts, I will hang that up as well. But, you know, it, it's Henri. I can't be mad. Yeah. Um, and then, honestly, I think the most memorable thing for me was that Uruguay-Ghana game. The handball from Suarez, the PK. Um, Gian misses the PK. And Uruguay go through. It was yeah. him also celebrating in the tunnel, just watching after he got sent off. Set up one of the biggest storylines of the 2022 World Cup as well. So, but yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a good World Cup. Was it better in 2022? Mm, close, but I don't think so. Bigger so names, maybe. maybe that, What's that? that? Would be bigger names, maybe. Yeah, but then we but. moved to 2006. This was in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um. Honestly, I don't think that was the best World Cup. I mean, I remember, obviously, the biggest headlines were the headbutt from Zidane. Yeah. Um, France losing on PKs in the final. Um, one game Italians. I specifically re- remember was when Italy beat Australia in the round of 16 on a PK, and it was uh, the 94th minute out of three minutes of added time. Mm-hmm. And I went to Australia right after that game, and they were all, <laughs> they were all pissed off. So a bunch of graffiti, Italy paid the refs. So it was... It was fun. I, I remember that specifically. Yeah, and that was right in the midst of the uh, Juventus scandal as well. So 
Okay. Where they were paying the refs. <laughs> Believe it or not. Looks like they might be in some trouble again here. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but also, I mean, honestly, that year, Henri not winning the Balloon d'Or, Balloon d'Or, mm-hmm. came in third behind Cannavaro and Buffon. I think it was the biggest robbery. I think the biggest robbery was that a goalie has never won the Ballon d'Or. Cannavaro came from nowhere to win it. Buffon is the arguably the greatest goalie of all time. So, nah, I think Henri should have won it. Makes it to a World Cup final. Makes it to a Champions League final. Just because he doesn't win them doesn't. I mean, it means doesn't mean he's not the greatest player. But I think that season he was. Yeah. Well, but I mean, in the previous episode we did rank him in our top four best players of all time. So personally. Personally, and then and I know a lot of people who would rate him as the best player to ever grace the Premier League. I mean, he did get voted as the best player in the history of the Premier League. So, but moving on, you know, 2006. I like I said, I don't think it was the best World Cup. No, obviously, the Zidane head, but bad taste left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, not you wanted the best for him, and then he goes out that way. But uh, 2002, I do feel like 2002 was a fantastic World Cup, and maybe. Yes. Pushes 2022 closest. So which one is the best? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think it's the best, but it's also the one I remember the most. So, I mean, it was in Korea, Japan, first time in Asia, dual country. Mm-hmm. Um, great headlines, South Korea, Turkey, making it to the semifinals. Um, I know South Korea, most people kind of wrote them off and then obviously being in the home country, has an effect. Yes, 100%. Um, I remember Senegal had a really good World Cup that year, mm-hmm. making it to the quarterfinals. Um, you know, the U.S. fortunately lost to Germany in that World Cup, but they played really well. I remember Brian McBride had a good World Cup. In my opinion, that. the best U.S. soccer player of all time. Great player, great player. Yes. Um, also in that World Cup, France doing terrible again. Um, after coming off the win in 98, not making out of the group. Um, obviously he had some of the storylines, Oliver Kahn, the brick wall that he was stopping everything for Germany. Then, uh, Ronaldo coming off that loss from 98, banging in goals with him, Rivaldo and Ronaldinho. They were so fun to watch. So fun. Um, I remember that Ronaldinho goal versus England, that free kick caught David Seaman cheating. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that one had some great goals. Obviously, I, had some great players in it. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you know, it's arguably the greatest Brazilian national team all around of all time. I would say it is. 100%. Yeah. I mean, we have Rivaldo, Ronaldo, and Ronaldinho. And he had the three R's, man. And he had Cafu, Roberto Carlos, Gilberto Silva. It was mm-hmm. it was a great team. Dida is the goalie. I don't think he was the goalie then. I think it no? was uh, Marcos was the goalie for that tournament. Okay. The only reason I know that is I have a little DVD, uh, 2002 World Cup, all the goals. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it also might be, you know, I remember it the best as well. And yeah, yeah. Why I would probably rate it highly. So. And then, you know, we started watching in 98. Don't remember a whole lot being, you know, a whopping nine years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I just remember watching Ronaldo Zidane. You know, Ronaldo made me fall in love with the game, watching it even more. Um, and then I remember watching it with my dad and uh, Yugoslavia was a country then. 
and we'd go out in the backyard and play. But just, I remember watching like Yugoslavia, and I was just thinking, like, man, imagine if they were still a country, the players yeah. they would have, the talent. Oh my god, insane! I mean, for some of the people who don't know, Yugos- former Yugoslavia would consist of Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro, North Macedonia, Serbia, and Slovenia. So that would be and a great what? team. Three of those. Am I wrong? Two or three of those were in the World Cup this year? Two of them, Serbia and Croatia. So, pretty darn good, I would say. I would. You know, so I don't know. I maybe give it to 2002, but 2022 did not disappoint. No. I don't think I can pick one, but they were both great. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. Um, They did a poll in... Um, I think it was FIFA did a poll. And, I think it was in England, wasn't it, or London or somewhere? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was BBC. Uh, Qatar 2022, 78%. 2002 Korea, Japan, 6%. Brazil 2014, 5%. Russia 2018. And Germany 2006, 4%. And South Africa 2010 with 3% was the top fives just from this century, AKA since 2000. All right. So not a bad list. I think that's, I think the only one I would change would maybe be Germany and South Africa. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I mean, notable world cups besides 98, you got 94 and 86. I mean, 86 Maradona. That one's just memorable for him, but you had so many great players in that world cup as well. Um, but you know, you got president of FIFA, uh, Infantino, I probably be- butchered that, but uh, he said it was the best World Cup ever that he's ever seen. So, I mean, that's some pretty big shoes telling you this is the best World Cup ever. So, <laughs> call him biased. But speaking of best World Cup ever, Qatar is host. How do we think they did? I thought they did a pretty good job. I mean, the, I thought the fans were came out in droves. It was fun. I mean, obviously, you could tell for certain countries they might not have been as loud, but I mean, for some others, they were they were fun. I mean, Mexico, Argentina, I remember they had some great crowds. Um, you could definitely tell with some of the European countries they're almost waiting for something good to happen before they started cheering. <laughs> Versus the South American countries were just happy to be there and were yeah. Yeah. loud the just entire time, the whole time. African nations had a great showing, which was fantastic yep. to yep. see. Um, even Asian teams. I mean. The headlines were about the Japanese fans cleaning up after themselves and everybody else, which is classy, in my opinion. Um, I mean, but this World Cup, I mean, was given under controversial circumstances. Stadiums were built nation under. To ever w- get a World Cup. Stadiums were built under some uh, controversial circumstances. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, would it, wouldn't, would it, wouldn't it be great? I mean, it turned out to be great in a footballing aspect outside of that. I mean, it was the first dry world cup, the first world cup, England fans, not a single one got arrested. <laughs> Good for that. Um, not a single fight happened the entire world cup. As far as I could see from any news broadcast, I wasn't there clearly. Um, but it, I would say that's a roaring success. First winter world cup. I think that in itself raised the level of everything just because teams aren't players aren't coming off 70, 80 game seasons. They're exhausted. Now they're in the prime of the season, right in the dead center. 
So I, I'd agree with you on that point is that, yeah, the players obviously being in the beginnings of their season, I think it does keep them fresher versus coming at the end of a season. Um, you know, obviously there are some notable absentees from this world cup, big name players. Mm-hmm. Lots. Are those players available if it's in the summer? You know, maybe who knows players get injured all the time. It's tough yeah. to say. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's great for watching the world cup, but I hate it as a club fan. Oh, 100%. Like I was then you're worried. Of, I mean, look at us as Arsenal fans. Jesus is out. <laughs> yeah. Till God knows when. So it's looking like February. I mean, so that, that hurts as a club fan, but I think from the world cup point of view, it was great for that. Cause I think the players, you're right. The level was higher. I mean, it, it kind of might even speak for itself. This was a world cup with the most goals. Yeah, I would agree. And honestly, some of the best goalkeeping I've seen in a World Cup ever as well. There were some great goalkeepers in this tournament. Yeah. You're not wrong there. So, um, and then, you know, we got, as as Americans, blessed with Fox's coverage of the World Cup. Um, as some of you know, Fox covers the NFL quite extensively. College they football. all-American <laughs> cast of former U.S. World Cup players. We had, what, Stu Holden, Clint Dempsey, Marisa Du, Alexi Lalas. Yeah, there was a Rob Stone a girl in there, too. For the U.S. national team, I don't think. Oh, yeah, and Landon Donovan. Almost forgot. There was that uh, female yeah. athlete as well. Yeah, uh, and then, like, Chad Ochocinco going to every game, <laughs> being considered Mr. World Cup. Where did that come from? The comparisons of players to LeBron James and tight ends and pick and rolls. Like, this is the world's game. You don't need to compare it to a different sport to get an American to like it. Yeah, I know for me, watching Stu Holden was just the hardest thing. I would have to mute it. Um, he would be calling players by the wrong name. Mm-hmm. You know, I can understand doing it once, but he did it repeatedly the same player is like oh that's so and so like no that's that's not him yeah but <laughs> and then you had mr monotone landon donovan they didn't even let clint dempsey go to a single game to be a play-by-play commentator honestly clint dempsey looked like that guy was on something i mean yeah he's stoned the whole time that's who clint dempsey is though it's legal in the state of washington <laughs> Former uh, Seattle he, Sounder, for those of you who didn't know. Yes, yes. And considered a Sounder great at this point. But we all know him from his days at Fulham, mostly. Um, and then, you know, you got the Mr. Loud and Exciting for No Reason, Alexi Lawless, who us Sounders fans can't stand. No. So, yeah. The Fox is probably the worst coverage of a World Cup I've ever seen. From probably the best world, one of the best World Cups I've ever seen. Honestly, I found myself watching it on uh, Peacock in the Univision in, yeah, in Spanish. In Spanish. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't blame you. It, and they had some good players on there. They had like Diego Forlan. He was one of the commentators. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't watch a single second, but. So, yeah, it was it was definitely rough being a. American soccer fan trying to watch the World Cup. Like you said, you know, you expect a game to be on and nope, they have college football or the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, they have literally the best, in my opinion, 
best broadcast team over there on NBC that I've ever seen. They're fantastic. Yeah. So, anyways, speaking of disappointments, let's get into our biggest disappointments of the World Cup and why was it Belgium? You know, obviously Belgium. I know you're going to harp on them, Romelu Lukaku. (laughs) But uh, there was a few teams that were just not very good. Yeah. Like, honestly, you know what team really disappointed me was Denmark. Yep. They're a lot of people thought Denmark well. would be a dark horse and do well. Um, they finished in the group with one point. Yeah. And with France, Tunisia wasn't a hard one. Tunisia and Australia. Yeah. I mean, you'd expect Denmark to get a result against Tunisia. I think they got a draw. That's their mm-hmm. one point. And then they lost to Australia. And credit to the Australians, man. They they beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also um, had Germany on here as well. Yeah, I have Germany on my list too. That opening loss to Japan. Um, that enthralling game against Spain. I thought that, that was, was a great, great game. game against Spain. But again, couldn't make it out of the World Cup. I mean, the only highlight for Germany would be Jamal Musiala. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about him later. Yeah. That's um, for sure. Honestly, another disappointment would be Spain and Brazil. I feel like they got knocked out too early. Spain gets knocked out to Morocco in the round of 16. Yeah. Brazil, obviously, they lost on PKs to in the quarterfinals to Croatia. Yeah. I mean, beginning of the World Cup, they were easily betting odds favorite, like by a long shot. And arguably the strongest team as well. So. Um, yeah, they should have been at minimum semifinal appearance. And honestly, I think the same for Spain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, all credit to Morocco. I mean, yeah, surprise of the tournament, obviously. Um, But yeah, Belgium, like you said, terrible. They scored one goal. Um, I also think Canada for getting to the World Cup is great for them. But the squad they have, I feel like they should have done better. I agree. Um, They finished with zero points and only two goals scored. And one of those was an own goal, if I'm not mistaken. So Um, so I feel like that was a disappointment. And then honestly, a team I thought would do pretty well, make it out of their group. Trouble some of these bigger teams would be Uruguay. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Darwin Nunez, Federico Valverde. Um, I mean, you got an Nunez as, as a defender. Tra- they had they have good players. And they didn't make it out of their group. With Portugal, South Korea, and Ghana. Mm-hmm. So credit to South Korea, though. They came back in the end, beat Portugal, and made it out of their group. And that was one heck of a game as well. So... How about most disappointing players? I mean, obviously that whole Belgium squad. Hayden <laughs> Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, Romelu Lukaku. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hate to have when your teammates come out and say you guys are too old to do anything to win this tournament. And then for it to be backed up literally the next day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Again, the Danish team with those players they have. Um, but I saw a funny comment. It was about Nicholas Sule. Raphael van der Vaart labeled him the German Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, he's, what, three or four inches taller and probably weighs a stone more, but he's just as slow and looks just as much of an ogre. I remember I when say. me and you went and watched a pregame uh, when Arsenal played Bayern Munich and uh, he was playing. <laughs> he was terrible. Yeah. He was so bad. But, you know, that's what you get when you have the likes of someone compared to Harry Maguire. So, 
but credit to Harry Maguire. I thought he had a great tournament. Yeah, I mean, he's under one of my surprise players of the tournament, but he always shows up for England. So, um, yeah, I have Lukaku is my disappointment of the tournament. I mean, the guy for Chelsea last season, beginning of the season, tearing it up after the amazing season he had at Inter Milan, goes back to Inter Milan, kind of disappears a little bit off the map, but we all know how good of a striker he is. And he had eight wide open chances, like no pressure, could have scored, should have scored. And only two of those hit the target. Five of those were inside of eight yards. So the whole statement of couldn't hit a broadside of a barn from four feet away, it looks pretty accurate at this point. (laughs) So, yeah, watching that last game replayed, um, it was tough. Tough for if you're a Belgium fan. Yeah. That's all I can say. I mean, it was bad. It wasn't good. But, you know, so much for that golden generation that was supposed to win everything. I mean, they didn't make it to a single final. So I think they came in third. Yeah. But no Euro final. No, I didn't even do whatever the heck a Nations League final is. Still doesn't make sense to me. I've tried. Uh, And then no World Cup finals. I guess what one semifinal, but that's it. And that's when they were labeled the golden generation. So uh, what about surprises? Uh, I feel like there were surprises everywhere in this World Cup. Well, let me hear yours first. Team-wise, Morocco, obviously. Obviously. Um, first African team to make to the semifinals. I didn't have them getting out of the group, let alone the semifinals. Um, Japan, big surprise to me as well. The fact they Japan came out of great. that group. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at that group they were in, they beat Germany and then they beat Spain. And, you know, in that first half against Spain, it looked like a one-way traffic, but they turned it around in that second half and got a result. Yeah. Yeah. And credit to their coach for changing tactics at halftime, every single game they played and won most of them. So Good, good credit to him. But yeah, uh, Morocco players? definitely is obviously Go the biggest ahead. surprise as a team. Um, players, um, you're going to have a few in this tournament, I feel like. Obviously, Amrabat, mm-hmm. um, the goalkeeper for Morocco, Yassine Bonu, mm-hmm. um, that other midfielder, Uwani, yeah. or Unahi. Unahi, Sorry. yeah. Unahi. I feel like those three really stood out for Morocco. Yeah. Uh, um, I also have Livakovic. Livakovic for Croatia. For Croatia. I mean, Enzo I Fernandez. Mean, like I just said, you know, the World Cup of goalies as well as goals. I mean, we just named two of the surprise players in this entire World Cup as goalies. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, Chesney had a fantastic tournament too, with all the saves he yeah. made against Argentina. Emmy Martinez for Argentina, Argentina goalkeeper, goalkeeper, great in yeah. the penalty shootouts. Yeah, and I mean, arguably, we kind of expected that out of those two, though. The other you guys, do, yeah. not not so much. So, I mean, I knew Amrabat was coming up as like a tireless midfielder for Fiorentina in Italy, but I didn't know that tireless literally meant 
he would be everywhere all at once. Yeah. And then honestly, Gavardio at age 20 doing what he's doing. I mean, I know he's already been rated as a a very good player, but it's still impressive to see that, at, you know, on a World Cup stage at that age. Yeah, playing like he's 30. So, um, but yeah, those were my biggest surprises. There's too many to really hone in on one person, but there's everywhere. So, but speaking of surprises, what about, because this, this World Cup was pretty much the up-and-coming stars and Messi, right? Ronaldo didn't really play a big part. He got benched, and then that's a whole other topic. But youngsters, man, all over the place, up-and-coming, some we'd never heard of, some that we already knew about. I mean, I got a list of probably 12 here that are all under the age of 23 that surprised, well, not surprised the crap out of me, but a lot of them came out of nowhere. I mean, McAllister, 23, plays for I mean, Brighton. I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere. Obviously, we see him play at Brighton, but I've never seen him play like that for Brighton. Yeah, on that stage as well. Um, I mean, we knew Cody Gakpo was going to be really good. Would he be the only player to ever score in each group game in the history of the World Cup? I would never have told you that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we knew Ashraf Hakimi was going to be really good. Did we know he was pretty much single-handedly going to create most of the goals for Morocco? No. Bukayo Saka. Everybody knew he was going to be big, but how does he react to that European final? Being the last person to take a penalty for England came out arguably the best player in the England squad. I mean, honestly, that England team has such great young talent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Saka. You have Foden, Mason Mount, Rashford, Jude uh, Bell- Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham. Yeah. All They're not the hurting head. for talent. No. And, you know... Even you discussion know, for another time. You look at Aaron Reece Ramsdale, healthy. still young. Yeah, Reese James, Maybe their when future he's goalie. Who knows? Um, Tushimeni. I mean, even Amrabat is only twenty-three years old. Uh, Mbappe, obviously. Um, yeah, and you already said Enzo Fernandez, and then you got Alvarez for Argentina yeah, as well. Alvarez, and I'm, I'm wondering how that Goncalo Ramos. Hopefully yeah. I butcher his name too bad is for he, Portugal. Is he that a one-hit wonder? Because he scored three goals in one game and then disappeared for the next one? Or is he just that young, raw talent that is going to explode? You know, I, yeah, you, you never know. We'll see, but... So, I mean, at this point then, it leads us to our team of the tournament. Who were the standout performers? One other young player I'd like to mention would be that Jamal Musiala. Yeah. 19-year-old. I mean, he was the best player for for Germany. And a very disappointing squad, yes. I I will agree with that. But yeah, I think him and uh, Jude Bellingham, they're only 19 years old, so obviously bright futures. Yeah. We'll see what teams they go to next, but I don't think Musiala is going anywhere anytime soon. Okay, yeah. So my team of the tournament, is that what you want? Yes, Let's have it, Tyler. Team of the tournament. I'm just going to go through it. 
and then uh, I'll explain my decisions after. All right. Okay. So goalkeeper, I have Emmy Martinez for Argentina. My right back, Hashraf Hakimi from Morocco. My center back, Josko Gavardio from mm-hmm. Croatia. My other center back, Roman Saiz from Morocco. My left back, Theo Hernandez from France. In the midfield, I went with three in the midfield. I have Enzo Fernandez, Antoine Griezmann, and Luka Modric. In my front three, I have, as no surprise, Lionel Messi, Kylian mm-hmm. Mbappe, and I went with Bukayo Saka. So those are my, that's my team of the tournament. Okay. That's, um, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. It is, especially that midfield. I mean, you can, there's a whole host of players you can put in that midfield. Amrabat, um, Jude Bellingham, Unahi. You know, I, I went back and forth on Saka, Cody Gagpo, or maybe Olivier Giroud. But I just thought Saka was such a danger down that flank for France, given getting free kicks, beating players, and so I went. I went with Saka. Okay. Um. Well, then I will go with mine because there's going to be some discussion here because I don't yeah, agree right. with some of your choices. Uh, goalkeeper, I did not pick Emmy Martinez. I have Livakovic. I mean, you can go either way. Livakovic, 24 saves, most in the World Cup ever. I just thought he was probably the main reason, besides Luka Modric, that Croatia made it as far, and Gvardiol. So, uh, right back, I agreed. Actually, my whole defense is exactly the same as yours. I'll be <laughs> really? You. Yes. Hakimi, Gvardiol, Roman Saiz, and Theo Hernandez. But, you know, if Lucas Hernandez doesn't get hurt, Maybe we're having a different discussion. So, yep. um, midfield, this is where we disagree, but I also kind of went off the beaten path for the rest of my team. So, uh, I did Amrabat as my defensive midfielder. Uh, I also went with Luka Modric in my center midfield, and I went with Enzo Fernandez. So, a lot of agreement there. I thought Amrabat was much better than Jude Billingham was. And you could argue that um, I didn't put Griezmann in my team of the tournament, but he's a close second for my attacking midfielder. So off the beaten path, I put Messi as my attacking midfielder because he didn't really have a position, just kind of walked and floated everywhere and then got the ball and then went everywhere. So um, Bukayo Saka on my right wing and Cody Gakpo on the left with Mbappe up top. Well, there's arguments for other people. I mean, if I put Messi on the wing, I would have started uh, Saka and Griezmann, but I didn't. I, yeah, I, didn't. I mean, I understand. Like, Livakovic would be my second choice keeper. Um, Amrabat would be my first sub for that midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, i probably also put uh, Unahi. Yeah. And then, honestly, this is another striker, maybe Alvarez, Giroud. Yeah, um, I had Casemiro also as my next sub um, okay. in the midfield. Uh, and then my backup striker, I actually had Julian Alvarez, who came out of nowhere for me personally because he doesn't look that good for Manchester City. 
Well, I don't so. think he, I mean the guy's not going to get much of a look in with Erling Holland, but no, I mean nobody is honestly. So yeah, we weren't too far off. Just our goalkeeper and a player in midfield and one up top. Just yeah, so three. Yeah, but I mean, so many play- good players to pick from. I mean, we didn't even mention Phil Foden. So no, and he also had a great World Cup. Yeah, yeah, he did. So yeah, those are our team of our tournaments. So let's look forward to. 2026, Canada, USA, Mexico. Ooh. Three host nations. All right. Yes. So let's get into some predictions. Let's see how wrong we can be here in four years. (laughs) Okay. I guess we start off with the obvious one. Who wins it? Man, I don't know. It's, It's tough. I think if I had to pick a favorite right now, I'll pick England. Okay. Give me give me your top three teams. Okay, I can do that. Actually, I wrote down four, so I can give you four. Okay, let's do four. Yeah, let's do but, four. But um, I think Spain will do good with the young talent they yeah. have in that midfield. Gavi, Pedri, Anzufati, Ferran Torres, Denny Almo. They're all under 25. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where they're at defensively. That back line I know is aging with As- Aspulacueta and... Sergio I mean, Biscuits. Rodri had to play back there. Yeah. Jordi Alba. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get old. Yeah. But we'll see what they can do defensively. I mean, they have Eric Garcia, Pau Torres. That left back they brought at the last minute, Alex Balde. Yeah. He looks like so, a stud for Barcelona. So, so I mean, we'll see. Um, Brazil, obviously, the young talent they have. Um, midfield is young with Bruno Gamaresh and Lucas mm-hmm. Paqueta. I mean, host of attacking talent. Richarlison, Martinelli, Anthony, Rafinha, whoever else I'm sure I'm missing. Um, I think their defense also, we'll see where they're at. Yeah. Um, when you're paying, playing uh, Marquinhos, who's getting up there, and Thiago Silva, who's already up there, but somehow still managing to play play great at that. Yeah. I, the way he's kept up his levels of play is astonishing to me. So, um, And then, like I said, England. I think England has a real good chance with all the attacking talent. All yeah. young attacking talent. Oh, yeah. That whole squad is very young. So I mean, just some players off the off the bat here. You know, Bellingham, Saka, Foden, Mount, Rashford. I mentioned Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Ben White, Connor Gallagher. I mean, those are all, I think they're all under players 25. that didn't even make it? Harvey Elliott? Harvey Elliott's another one. I mean, you had, like I mentioned, Ramsdale. Yeah. Still under 25. Yeah. So, so again, we'll see where they're at defensively. Um, I mean, I, I feel like for this next World Cup, there's two questions. Does your team have a striker or does your team have a reliable defense? Like each team has one or the other, right? Like look at the United States team, this World Cup, they didn't have a true number nine. They struggled because of it. Do they find one before the next World Cup? Do they have an up-and-coming talent? I mean, four years is a long time, so it is possible. I know at the beginning they were playing Josh Sargent. Um, I mean, he's still young. How old is he? 20, 22? He's early, early 20s. He's 22. But at the same so, time, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen the levels from him, like even moments that yeah, would consider I mean, him to be a true number nine that scores goals for fun. Oh, he, I mean, no, I don't think he does. He's. I'm guessing he's still at Norwich. Yeah, yes. So, um, I mean, so for me, um, 
I went with Brazil to win it. Why? I don't know. Call it a hunch. You'll see later in my pick for player of the tournament. Um, England, uh, yeah, they definitely have a good chance. France, because they're still so young and have so many good talents. I was going to mention France, yeah. I mean, if you look at this, the current squad now, who are they going to lose in four years? Um, they might lose Lloris, Varane, Griezmann, Giroud. Yeah. I mean, in defense, it. you have Saliba, Upamakano, Kunde. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the midfield, Chumini. The Kamavinga. Kamavinga. Who's still only 18, believe it or not. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, he's love Mbappe. Yeah. Usman Dembele. Yeah. I mean, young. they're loaded on the wings, and a lot of players that are considered world class still didn't make it into their squad. So, I mean, if Deschamps stays on for the next World Cup, then he's got a conundrum on his hands. But uh, And then my fourth, I pick Spain. So, yeah, Germany was a close fifth. I don't know about Germany. You know, obviously Jamal Musiala is looking great, but the rest of the squad, you know, I don't know. It just always seem every four years to come on with a new batch of great young talent. So we'll see. Um, they're also on my dark horse list. So honestly, my dark horse list is the U.S. Yeah, I have U.S. and Germany. If it's thirty-six teams, if it's forty-eight, Norway is my dark. Odegaard horse. and Holland connection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think anyone can stop him. When you put the best players in the world on one team, then yes, maybe you can stop him. But when they're scattered, can you? He's a robot. <laughs> so um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He he. They'll need a defense first. I mean, yes, he has Odegaard Phenom, but they'll need they'll need some reinforcements for sure. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, these are bold predictions that Lord knows if they're going to actually come to fruition or not. So, um, okay, so. We went over our dark horses. So, who's your player of the tournament? Way too early edition. Man, this is a tough one. Yeah, I went with Bellingham. Okay, Jude Bellingham for England. That's a solid pick. I went with the totally unbiased answer in Gabriel Martinelli. So, okay, totally unbiased. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bukayo Saka. So. No. No, I picked Brazil to win it, so Gabriel Martinelli. He's my pick. Just he's come up so fast and only gets better. Yeah, not not, not a bad pick. Um I just think Bellingham, he's already bossing it in the midfield for England and he's nineteen. You can only imagine what he's gonna do at uh twenty two. Yeah. Twenty two, twenty three. I don't know when his birthday is, so Yeah. But yeah, I mean that kid's got a future ahead of him. Most importantly, seeing where he goes next, because that might have a great deal to do with how good he does for the next four years. So, okay. Um, Storylines. Again, I think any? U.S. Yeah. The U.S. doing good. I think it's going to be like how they hosted it in 94. Yeah. I mean, you look at their kind of core group of players there, Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, Sorginho Dest. Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Pulisic, Gio Reyna. Yeah, very young. Anthony 
Anthony Robinson, Timothy Wea, Matt Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them are under 25 except for Matt Turner. 25 and, he's and a under. Goalie, so he can play till he's four 50. years. He'll be 32 and he'll be solid, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I did. Um, I mean, I have like five here, but I'll pick my favorite one. Uh, and it's, is football coming home? <laughs> so, uh, my other ones is, is France actually the favorite? Are they? Would it be somebody else? I mean, they have to be with Mbappe on their team. Yeah. And that goes into my next one, which is, does Mbappe break the record? Um, I don't think he will in this one. He might I mean, I close. hope he doesn't, but I can see him definitely doing it with the talent around him. I know we mentioned how many goals he has. I, I can't remember. I think he was, what, four? 12 and 14. Closa? He's four away from Closa. Four. So yeah. he, he might he might tie it. He I had think. eight in this World Cup. So That's crazy. He had eight <laughs> goals. <laughs> I know he had a hat trick in the final, and then I think there was another game he had a couple goals. and Yeah. But still, I mean... The man can't stop scoring goals in World Cups. Uh, so, yeah, and make, my it, last, make the prediction. Mbappe, new top goal I, scorer. I'm gonna. I think he'll break the record. Top goal scorer? No, I don't think so. But I think he will definitely be up there. I think he'll break Close's record if I'm going to predict it now. Uh, and then my last one is the same as this one. Uh, does Brazil live up to expectations? Like that's uh, every World Cup. Every World Cup, yes. I mean, and to much. be Brazil, obviously your expectations are always high. I mean, yeah. anything less than a final appearance is a disappointing great for them. Disappointment. I mean, honestly, I feel like that for them. This World Cup, they should have been in that final, a minimum the semifinals. Minimum semifinals, yeah. Especially the route they had to go. It's not like they played anyone that was amazing. No. So. Um, how about, I mean, we covered a lot of really good young players. How about players most people haven't heard of that are going to make an impact in the next World Cup? Oh, man, how do you even predict that? Haven't heard of them yet. <laughs> I have three that most people haven't heard of. All right, who are your three? Okay, I got Endrick, superstar Six, who just signed with Real Madrid. Yep. He's 16 years old. I've watched some of his film. He's amazing. Um, does it live up to the level of Madrid? It's got a lot of growing up to do in a very short time. We'll see. I don't think it will. Not for Madrid. You know, I think it's similar to that Martin Odegaard situation when he got signed by Real Madrid. Yeah. He'll get loaned out and then he'll eventually want to find a home. And you know whether that's Real Madrid or not, I, I don't know. But I don't think it will be. Real Madrid seems to want already molded and made superstars. Okay. Uh, on to the next one, then. Uh, Yusuf Makuku, 17 years old, Borussia Dortmund, already tearing it up for them since Holland left. Yeah, I know Barcelona's looking at him. Chelsea's looking at him, but Chelsea looks yeah. at everybody. So. You know who I'll say? I'll say uh, people hear of him now. They know him now, but it's Yunus Musa for the U.S. Yeah. I mean, he's 19 right now, so he's still going to be young, 23. I think watch totally out for him. Unbiased opinion, but you know, coming through the Arsenal youth system, one of the few Americans to do so. Um, plays for Zivilreal right now, or Zivilreal? Uh, yeah, 
Billy Real. Yeah, I mean, that's a great choice. Honestly, he was a stud this World Cup. Honestly, in my opinion, the best midfielder for the United States. I think so. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's that's a great choice. Um, I also had two more. I mean, one's barring Italy actually makes the World Cup. But uh, this guy coming out of AC Milan, he's 14 years old. His name is Francisco Camardia or Camarda. He has 405 goals in 89 games for the AC Milan youth system. Averages five goals a game and now plays for their under 23s, having the same average. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, at 14. Yeah. Um, bold prediction. Yeah. Bold, bold prediction. And then another one to look out for. I don't know what nation he's going to play for, but we got young Ethan. Uh, was it Nwaniri for Arsenal? 15 years old. His under-23 footage, it's a one-man show on the field. So, I mean, it doesn't relate to first team, but he also came on for Arsenal. I don't think he's a one-hit wonder. I don't think they just brought him on to get him to Is that the player who came on against Brentford? Yes, I agree. I mean, he is. But, you know, he's a stud in the making if he gets nourished well enough. Yeah, it's tough to know with these youth players. I mean, obviously we've seen it a lot at Arsenal. You see these youth players that have all this promise and then they kind of fade away into nothingness. Um, You know, they make a couple first-team appearances and then disappear. You know, we'll see. Go out on loan five times and then get sold. Yeah. But those are my bold predictions for the up-and-comers. Well, those are some bold predictions, man. I can't wait to see how it turns out in four years' time. we'll, We'll be right here in four years' time to let you know. (laughs) <laughs> yep that's right <laughs> we'll be able to let we got a uh, video and audio proof now yes we do all right well did you have anything else on your agenda you'd like to chat about i i think that's it um i thought it was a great world cup i don't think it was the best ever i'm still going with 2002 that is a wholly emotional based answer for me well, I'll disagree with you then. I, I remember watching 2002, obviously a great World Cup, Ronaldo um, for Brazil, Ronaldinho. I'll, I'll say Qatar. I'm going to say it now. Qatar 2022, best World Cup. I think it had the best final with Messi against Mbappe, Argentina versus France. The dramatics within the game, 2-0. Argentina goes up, and then in the 80th minute, France bring it back. Tie it up 2-2, goes overtime. Argentina gets a goal. France gets a goal. Boom, we head to PKs. And the dramatics of PKs are always nail-biting. So yeah. I'll, I'll say I'll say 2022. Honestly, well, probably well, just because of that final. Okay. If the final is not that good, I probably wouldn't say 2022. Fair enough. But I'm, I'm going to say 2022. All right, bold prediction. But, yeah, I don't have anything else other than that. All right. Well, that's that's it for this episode. What do we have up coming, coming next? Up next, next we have our recap of the year, 2022. I mean, obviously, we just covered the biggest event of 2022. But more bold predictions for 2023. Transfers, will they, won't they work out? 
Will Arsenal finish top of the league? Shh. We don't say that. Uh, will Erling Holland break every record known to man? Find out next time. All right. Well, thank everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Like we mentioned at the beginning, like subscribe to all of our socials and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.